0: The EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network presents
1: Vatican Insider with Joan Lewis. Each week, Joan brings you news from inside the Vatican and the Church around the world, as well as interviews and answers to your questions. Now, here's the host of Vatican Insider, Joan Lewis. Welcome to Vatican Insider on yet another torrid weekend in so much of the world. In the interview segment this week, I bring you part two of a wonderful story, the story of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. My guest again this weekend is Christina Hallmert from Make-A-Wish Italia, a volunteer with the foundation since 2009 and a member of its board. I'm grateful that Christina, born in Sweden, married to an Italian and living in Rome, speaks English and can tell us about the marvelous work of Make-A-Wish Italia. How does the Foundation learn of a child's wish? What are some of the wishes they've realized? Are there some wishes that are almost impossible? I'm sure most of you know that Make-A-Wish, founded in the United States, helps fulfill the wishes of children with a critical illness. Founded in 1980, it's headquartered in Phoenix. The organization operates through 59 chapters throughout the U.S., as well as in nearly 50 other countries around the world. But before that, let's look at some of the news highlights of the week. Notwithstanding the fact that Pope Francis is technically on a working vacation, a staycation as he always chooses to stay in the Santa Marta residence, he does feature in some news stories. Sunday, July 16th. At the Angelus, Pope Francis recalled the bombing 80 years ago on the Roman neighborhood of San Lorenzo, and he denounced that even today these tragedies are repeated, making one ask, how is this possible? He said, unfortunately, have we lost our memory. May the Lord have mercy on us and deliver the human family from the scourge of war. At that time, in the Roman district of San Lorenzo alone, The bombings killed 717 people and injured 4,000 others. But for the entire city, the toll was much more serious. 3,000 dead and 11,000 injured in the numerous neighborhoods that were bombed. Also Sunday, like Mary, you have risen, you have left behind what you know, your families, your comforts, and you have set out in haste to meet others. With these words... Pope Francis greeted a group of young people from Cordoba, Argentina, headed to Portugal for the upcoming World Youth Day, which will take place in Lisbon from August 1st to the 6th. The Pope compared Youth Day to a very special World Cup, a friendly match where there are no winners or losers, but where we all win. He highlighted how when we step out of ourselves and meet others, giving what we have and being open to receive what others offer, we are all winners and we can raise together the cup of brotherhood. He exhorted the young people to look at the footsteps of many Christians who followed Jesus to the end. This teaches us that with Christ's team, the game is on until the last minute. We cannot get distracted, we must be alert and play as a team. Monday, July 17th. Around 150 Polish pilgrims met with Pope Francis on Monday morning along with several families. They were in Rome to take part in a retreat held by the Light and Life Community, better known as the Oasis of the Living Church, Poland's largest church movement. The teams and families have followed a path of Christian formation in their own parishes throughout the year. Their pilgrimage to Rome represents a more intensive retreat period, which usually brings together people from different parts of Poland. Also Monday, Cardinal Matteo Maria Zubi left for Washington, D.C. as Pope Francis' special envoy to seek a peaceful solution to the ongoing war in Ukraine. The Cardinal will meet with President Biden, Catholic bishops, and members of Congress. Tuesday, July 18th. Pope Francis sent a telegram of condolences upon the death of Bishop Luigi Betazzi, one of the youngest participants in the Second Vatican Council and a tireless promoter of nonviolence, justice, and peace. He was also the last surviving Italian bishop who participated in the Second Vatican Council. The Pope expressed spiritual closeness to the family and all those mourning the passing of Bishop Betazzi. He died Saturday, July sixteenth, just months ahead of what would have been his 100th birthday. Francis remembered him as a great lover of the gospel who distinguished himself for his closeness to the poor, becoming a prophetic sign of justice and peace in particular times in the history of the church. He was also a man of dialogue and a point of reference for numerous representatives of Italian public and political life. Also Tuesday... Pope Francis met with around 250 young people, aged 5 to 13 years, taking part in the 2023 summer camp initiative for the children of Vatican employees. He offered words of encouragement to the young people and the camp animators. Speaking in the Paul VI Hall, the Pope also answered some questions, such as that of young Eduardo, who said, "'What message can we bring to our heroes, our parents?' Francis replied by encouraging everyone to say thank you often to their mothers and fathers for their commitment in raising them. Elena asked, who are the Pope's superheroes? And the Pope replied, his grandparents, recalling their wisdom and why it's also important to talk to them. In fact, the third World Day of Grandparents and the Elderly is this Sunday, July 23rd, and the Pope will preside Mass in St. Peter's Basilica. Wednesday, July 19th. The Holy See Press Office offered details of Cardinal Zuppi's three-day visit to Washington, D.C. as Pope Francis's special envoy. This included a meeting with U.S. President Joe Biden, as well as talks with the Helsinki Commission and several members of Congress. Cardinal Zuppi was accompanied during the visit to the U.S. Capitol by an official of the Vatican Secretariat of State. Upon arrival at the Apostolic Nunciature, the evening of July 17th, the Cardinal had a conversation with Archbishop Timothy Broglio, president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops. The following morning, the Vatican delegation, including the Apostolic Nuncio, Cardinal-elect Christophe Pierre and Monsignor Seamus Horgan, first counselor of the apostolic nunciature to the US met with members of the US government's commission on security and cooperation in Europe known as the Helsinki Commission in the course of that meeting the cardinal illustrated the nature and developments of the mission entrusted to him by the pope and those present discussed ways on how it could be rendered more effective That afternoon, July 18th, the papal envoy and delegation were received by President Joe Biden at the White House. Cardinal Zuppi gave the President a letter from the Pope, emphasizing the Pope's sorrow for the suffering caused by the war. The meeting, which began shortly after 5 p.m. and lasted over an hour, took place in an atmosphere of great cordiality and mutual listening, according to a Vatican communique. On July 19th, the Vatican delegation attended a prayer breakfast at Congress, during which Cardinal Zuppi had the opportunity to brief participants on the meetings he had during the various stages of his peace mission. Thursday, July 20th, Pope Francis sent a video message of encouragement to basic ecclesial communities meeting in Brazil this week, and he emphasized that the church must never remain hidden. In his short video message, Pope Francis said he wished to convey his closeness to all participants, and he asked the Brazilian basic ecclesial communities to continue their precious work in line with the theme chosen for the session, Basic Ecclesial Communities, an Outgoing Church, Pursuing the Full Life for All Men and Women. Francis compared the church to water. If the water in the river doesn't flow, it stagnates and becomes unhealthy. He therefore insisted that the Church must not remain hidden. When the Church goes out to meet the world, it walks and it feels stronger. Friday, July 21st was a quiet day in the Vatican. No press bulletin. Well, that was an expanded news report this week. But now, stay here for a Q&A and then my conversation with Christina Hallmark as she tells us the story of Make-A-Wish Italia. And stay cool if you can this weekend. Welcome to the Q&A, where this week I take a look at various types of papal documents. Pope Francis has issued a number of documents in the past year, and this will be a way to understand the different levels of importance. The most important is the encyclical, and we'll look at that next week. Now, apostolic exhortations are documents of a universal character and slightly less solemn than encyclicals. Distinguished by the ample length with which they treat the principal theme, these pontifical documents are exhortative or admonishing in nature. They are always signed by the Pope in Latin. An apostolic constitution is the highest form of ecclesiastical legislative document by which a Pope enacts or promulgates laws or establishes or modifies something important for the life of the Church. Such documents in the past have dealt with the reorganization of the Roman Curia, special faculties for the apostolic penitentiary during a holy year, the restructuring of the institution of cloistered nuns, new penitential norms, or even new norms for a conclave. Written in Latin, they always start, first the name of the Pope, then Episcopus Servus Servorum Dei ad Perpetuam Re Memoriam. So, the name of the pope, then bishop, then servant of the servants of God. And it concludes with the papal signature in Latin. Apostolic constitutions, as all other pontifical documents, bear a Latin language title, usually two or three words, taken from the first words of the document. When they are translated into other languages for publication, the Latin title remains. Apostolic letters are writings used for the proclamation of blesseds, to record, quote, in scriptus, in writing, the nomination of cardinals, to name patron saints of a country, or to erect nunciatures and apostolic delegations. Many of these acts habitually take on the solemn form of a papal bull. There are also apostolic letters, motu proprio date, by which norms are emanated, new institutes founded, and circumscriptions reorganized. Finally, there are letters the Pope writes for an anniversary or a specific celebration to a particular person or group. Now, the apostolic letter, as I just mentioned, can be issued as a motu proprio. This refers to a document issued by the Pope on his own initiative and personally signed by him. Such a document may be addressed to the whole Church, or part of it, or to some individuals. For many centuries, the office that prepared these documents was called the Chancery of Apostolic Letters. Dating back to the 4th century, the Chancery was suppressed by Pope Paul VI in 1973.
0: This is Sister Lucia trainer of the Franciscan Sisters of the Eucharist. Catholic Radio is an apostolate that is immediate, interactive, effective, and worldwide. It stimulates listeners to follow the teachings of the Church, brings Scripture closer to us, helps those who wrestle with questions of conscience, and allows us to celebrate the joy of our faith every day. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
1: EWTN's Religious Catalog has great summer reading for kids. Greenlee is Growing is a beautiful, poetic, rhyming picture book celebrating the four seasons and how they interact with the seasons of our lives. It's a timeless story of faith and fortitude with gentle joy. It's one of many great summer reading suggestions for kids from EWTN Religious Catalog. For more, visit EWTNRC.com today.
0: Hi, this is Trent Horn from Catholic Answers. And a lot of people ask me, how do you pray? I like the ACTS formula, A-C-T-S. First, we adore God, realize He's God, we are not. We're contrite, we ask Him to forgive us of our sins. We're thankful, we thank Him for the blessings and trials He's given us. And then we make supplications and ask Him for help in our own lives, doing all of this so we can grow closer to Him and spend eternity with Him.
1: Welcome back to Vatican Insider. Here's Joan Lewis. Welcome back to part 2 of my conversation with Christina Holmer, who tells us the story of Make-A-Wish Italia. Christina is from Sweden, married an Italian, and lives and works in Rome as a volunteer for Make-A-Wish. She's also on the foundation's board. This week She tells us more about the work in Italy, if there are wishes that cannot be granted, how many people are impacted by a wish, how Make-A-Wish is funded, and much more. The more I became aware of make the the wish especially with this particular personal encounter with this American family, I became aware of how wishes impacts everyone. So it's not just the child, it's not just the family, but the volunteers the donors, the sponsors, the medical professionals, communities.
0: Yes, exactly. You know, and that's and whole what's communities, so fantastic about Just
1: this. making their wish come true often to give children the stimulus to go on.
0: Exactly. That's exactly what it's all about. And there is uh, scientific research on this, proving that uh, a child that gets his wish granted uh, will have uh, be empowered to... To face his illness and go on with his treatments and this will lead to a possible recovery
1: absolutely and you know what Christina that's true for adults when you think about a difficult moment in our life somebody steps in or an event happens that we didn't we thought something was going to be impossible and now it's possible yes are there different kinds of wishes yes uh, there are different
0: kinds of wishes Uh, We have, for instance, uh, a wish to have, that means to have a computer or a phone or something like that. A wish to be, that means uh, I would like to be, uh, I would like to fly like a butterfly, I would like to be a sports sports commentator for one day, that's one of our recent wishes actually. Or a wish to meet, I wish to meet with my favorite singer. Uh, or wish to go. My dream is to go to, to Paris, to visit Paris. So these are the different kinds of wishes we have. And then there is also a very special wish. Uh, some children, uh, they would like to have a wish to, ha- wish to give. What is a wish to give? Well, these are children that really uh, would like others to receive something. Uh, we had, for instance, a boy in Monsa some years ago. Uh, he had been um, in hospital for a long time and his wish was to uh, set up a cinema inside the hospital
1: Wow! and
0: make a wish, uh, made this come true. Uh,
1: so he could share that with others.
0: Exactly. And the cinema is still there, so children can benefit from, uh, from, from his wish. And right now, here in Rome, we have a girl, and her wish is to um, supply a hospital with equipment for families staying there during the children's um, treatments. And that's a very generous wish. um, But to be
1: a sick child and yet thinking of others, Yes. I can't think of anything more beautiful.
0: And this is uh, how it all started. With uh, the daughter of Sona and Fabio Carlotta, uh, she was a very generous child, and uh, while she was uh, still in hospital, uh, she was really keen on other children that they should uh, have things to to enjoy during uh, the hospitalization and
1: wow.
0: so yeah, that was a really special girl, and that's how I think that was how our founders. Uh, got the inspiration to to continue with uh, this kind of mission
1: that is so inspiring thank you for pointing that out and i know my my listeners are going to say wow what an amazing little girl she was and then her family to to say hey've we've, we've got to take her desire to help others even though she was ill we've got to you know, make that make it a full circle make it go round and and pay back in a way So, Oh, Christina, thank you so much for adding that and I'm happy to hear of the categories they all make a lot of sense Has there ever been a wish that could not be fulfilled? Well,
0: uh, yes I'm sorry to say because in certain cases the medical condition of the child Uh will not consent to exactly that kind of wish that he has or she has. Right. That is, of course, very sad. In those cases, we try to do our out- outmost to, sure. to meet, anyway, the, the, um, the wish of this child. And, uh, well, yeah. I, I, I must say that we succeed uh, quite well in that.
1: Oh, I would imagine it would be devastating to have a request that would require a certain physical condition that the child doesn't have. So then you kind of look for plan B. Yes, you know.
0: But you know, we we really manage to. Well, if it cannot be fulfilled at hundred percent, it can be fulfilled at ninety nine percent.
1: Sure. How wonderful it must be rewarding for you to do this work, to go home and just, wow! I remember this face, that event, that child. Yes, it Mm
0: -hmm. is. I must say that uh, it's very uh, positive for us volunteers. It's uh, a mission where you can participate from day one, when you get to know the child, uh, to, uh, to the granting of his wish, many times. And that uh, is from A to Z, you know. Sure. And uh, this is special about Make-A-Wish. And we have wonderful volunteers all over Italy. We have uh, something like 270 volunteers wow. all over the country. Um, they all receive uh, adequate training and can face any of of these situations it's really special persons that um, have a special heart
1: oh absolutely I think anyone that works with illness I have a sister who's a nurse and I admire her because I never could do what I, I could be kind and compassionate but there are other things that medical people do I know I wouldn't be capable of and um I want to thank you for your work. I know I am the last, not the first person to thank you. Families thank you, obviously the children, but it's a big network of yes, people that you've helped and that then thank you. Thank
0: you so much, mm-hmm. John, for having me here today. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's an honor to, to talk about Make-A-Wish, and I hope that... Uh, It will bring more focus on our organization.
1: And, Christina, actually a a child's suffering has ramifications uh, that I never thought of for a a family.
0: Yes, uh, definitely. And, uh, for instance, children that come in for treatments in Rome from other parts of Italy, and perhaps uh, the parents have to stay away from work They might, uh, after time, even get fired. Um, They have to leave siblings and other children at home, uh, perhaps with the grandparents. So There are so many people affected by the illness, not only the the child itself. The whole family gets ill, and uh, it's a huge suffering to to witness. And if Make-A-Wish can uh, bring some happiness in these families and to these children, um, that is uh, something really great.
1: And you know, actually, something uh, before I was actually taping, something that you mentioned that is very important that I forgot to ask you about um, are the finances. You've got, you said something about government awareness. Tell us about that. Well, uh, of course, these families uh, need a
0: lot of support, um, and uh, well, it's it's uh, very important that the state uh, contribute and uh, support these families. Uh, what what we can do in Make a Wish is to grant a wish uh, of a child, and that's our mission. Uh, we are not uh, med- we are not doctors, we are not uh, right. psychologists or anything. We 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 only focus on the wish. Sure. But of course, the families need a lot of huge support from
1: from the whole. Uh, Absolutely. So so you've got to have an awareness. Governments and other organizations being aware of this, you can have. Contributions may be coming from a political source, but then private sources, from yes. foundations, from other yes. organizations. Yes, I wanted
0: to mention also that uh, Make-A-Wish Italy, uh, Italia, we have um, we have many sponsors. And we have donors with donations coming in and we work a lot about, uh, for this. We have uh, an office in Genoa and the office in Milan uh, that continue to work on fundraising. We do uh, some really nice events and work a lot um, with this kind of focus. Oh. We have many companies uh, that want to help. Uh, we organize um, something called a wish challenge, where a company can actually contribute uh, by uh, helping us organizing uh, a wish, and we have a lot of different um, activities also to to for fundraising.
1: Wow! If there was any way, any small way that I, I could be of help, I just I would I would want that to happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad we we mentioned that fact about sponsors very yes. important
0: and then there's something else um, uh, in 2006 uh, make-a-wish uh, received um, juridical acknowledgement from the Italian state because uh, more than eighty percent of the funds go to the mission and this means that uh, well, make-a-wish Italy is uh, very uh,
1: well, so it has uh, with, a juridical stature. It has, yes,
0: and um, I mean, more than eighty percent to the mission means that <clears throat> we have a great focus on the <clears throat> on the every single wish.
1: Okay, all right. Well, that that is very good to know because that is always something anyone who contributes to any kind of a charitable organization wants to make sure where their exactly. money is going. It's going for a just purpose, exactly. uh, or even a, a specific event. So. Um, well, thanks for adding that, Christina. I really appreciate all those all those insights which you've had from your many, many years of self as, as a volunteer. So, And so next year we're looking for the 20th anniversary of yes. Make-A-Wish Italia.
0: Yes, we do. Okay. And uh, we will see what happens.
1: We will celebrate I'm that sure in, in a big way.
0: I'm sure we will. Yeah. we will.
1: Well, I would close not only with just thanking you, Christina, but telling people to go to the U.S. site, Wish dot org <clears throat> you may be interested in applying as a volunteer you may have a special care whatever it may be the website will will probably help you so on that note god bless you god bless the families you have blessed and all the children and i will add a daily prayer for the children for all of you who volunteer but for the children that you help and those that we hope get cured so Thank you. In your language.
0: Thank you so much. Well,
1: the same to you. <laughs> God bless you.
0: For more information on these
1: stories or to check out Joan's blog and to ask her a question, Go to EWTN.com. That's EWTN.com. Thanks
0: for listening to Vatican Insider on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.